That's how you steal a baseball game. That's how you steal one. You just take it from them. CES, CES, CES. I got to do a show. I don't even know what the hell is going on. We just stole a baseball game from Toronto. Brett Kennedy pitched. We scored zero runs for nine innings. And we won. And now we got to do a baseball show. What's going on? Happy Saturday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. That madman that you just heard was Trace Fowler reacting to Friday night's thrilling Reds win. More of him in just a moment. But anyways, my name is Nick Kirby and you are listening to Chatterbox Reds, your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. Coming up on today's show, more instant reaction from Trace Fowler on Chatterbox Reds Live, a recap of all the Reds minor league action on Friday, and a preview of Saturday's Reds versus Blue Jays game. But first, here's what happened on Friday night at Great American Ballpark. It was the first of three against the Toronto Blue Jays, a crucial series for both teams as the Jays came in with just a half-game lead for the final AL wildcard spot. It was a scoreless game going into the bottom of the ninth, but first let's tell you how we got there. The good? Brett Kennedy, a guy who was pitching for the Long Island Ducks, that's independent ball. He's pitching for them earlier this year. He threw five shutout innings for the Reds, allowing just three hits, one walk, and struck out two. It wasn't all just smoke and mirrors either. Kennedy's fastball hit 94.5 on the gun, and he only allowed five hard-hit balls. Kennedy was aided by one really great defensive play by Matt McLean. That saved a run and helped Kennedy get out of his biggest jam of the game. Kennedy left the game after five innings despite retiring the last seven batters he faced. And Kennedy made way to the bullpen, which proceeded to throw four no-hit innings. The only base runner allowed by the Reds' bullpen was a walk from Lucas Sims, but he still struck out two in a scoreless inning. Buck Farmer looked great. He, he had a perfect inning, two strikeouts. Jabot threw a perfect inning, and Diaz also threw a perfect ninth. Unfortunately, the downside for the Reds is they were no-hit going into the sixth inning against Blue Jays starting pitcher Jose Barrios until Matt McLean singled with one out to end the no-hitter. In the bottom of the seventh, Tyler Stevens is singled, but then Will Benson popped up to first baseman Vlad Guerrero Jr. Benson did not run it out to first base as he kind of started to walk back towards the dugout, maybe in frustration. Uh, Vlad Guerrero made a heads-up play. He let the ball drop in front of him. Then he easily got Benson out at first base, and then the Jays got Stevenson out in a rundown. But then, with one out in the bottom of the ninth against former Cardinals reliever Jordan Hicks, Christian Encarnacion Strand hit a walk-off bomb into the bleachers. Reds win 1-0, and they improve to 63-59 and on the season. 
The Christian Encarnacion strand home run was 411 feet at 103.7 off the bat. And that was our deep drive of the day sponsored by Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuels production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks as always to our friends at Deep South Commodities and to CES for providing us with our deep drive of the game. Speaking of CES, here's what he had to say about his first career walk-off courtesy of the Apple TV broadcast. Christian, Jordan has high-end velocity, and then you hit a sweeper out of the ballpark. How were you prepared for that pitch? Honestly, just ready for the fastball. I talked to India before. He said, be ready for the He said, stay on the fastball, see the first pitch, and everything else should work itself out. How did the at-bats before you, the way you were able to track him on the on-deck circle, set you up? Um, I just try to fill out my swing on deck. I'm not really too concerned about timing when I'm on deck. Oddly enough, I just try to fill out my moves, and in there, I just make the move. This team has been so fun to watch the last couple of months. What is it? like inside of your clubhouse day in and day out oh the clubhouse is a blast no matter what happens we're we're ready we're pumped and we're ready to go every day no matter the outcome you just think about what this team is able to do down the stretch in your opinion if you guys track down the nl central what will it be a product of wait wait, wait say that again <laughs> to win the nl central what does this group need to continue to do just play play ball hard old school baseball Nothing fancy, nothing crazy, old school, hard-nosed baseball. What does this moment mean to you personally? It's awesome. I just, I'm happy. I'm happy we can win. That was a tough game. That was a good game, but I'm happy we can win. Congratulations. And here's what Reds manager David Bell had to say about the Reds' big win. Yeah, obviously, Christian, um, you know, you don't want to be up in that situation. He can hit. I mean, he's a mature hitter, two-strike. Slider, uh, you know, probably a pretty pretty good pitch, and you know, Christian's in a good position to, uh, to hit it hard. He's got plenty of power. Uh, but you're right, like, uh, uh, you know, it started with our starting pitching. Brett Kennedy was, uh, I mean, all you could ever ask for right there. Uh, gets a good hitting team and used his fastball, located it well. He's got some deception on his fastball and really attacked hitters with that, that pitch, uh, good change up, used the slider a little bit, bullpen was outstanding, a couple of good defensive plays, Matt made a real nice play, and we, we actually had, I, I felt like we had some good, some good at-bats off of Barrios, I mean, he was really good tonight, <clears throat> it seemed like he got better as a game, and, uh, he worked some walks and took some good swings, but that's about as good as it gets right there, what he did against us tonight. The Brewers were able to end their three-game losing streak, so the Reds remained two back in the NL Central, but the Cubs lost to the lowly Royals, so the Reds have a game lead on the Cubs for second place. In the wildcard race, the Marlins won. Of course, the Cubs lost, so the Reds remain tied for the final wildcard spot, but it's now only with the Marlins. Cubs won back, 
And then the Diamondbacks, who lost on Friday night, are two behind the Reds and Marlins. Reds also got closer to the other two wildcard spots. Both the Giants and Phillies lost, so the the Reds are only two and a half behind the Phillies for the first wildcard spot and just a half game behind the Giants for the second wildcard spot. And the Reds still have three games against the Giants at the end of this month. All right. Well, here's Trace Fowler doing solo duty on Chatterbox Reds Live post game on YouTube. He did an awesome job as I had the evening off uh, doing some family stuff. But here's Trace. In order to make the postseason, when you win 64 and a half games, you got to have special moments. That was a special moment. Brett Kennedy, five innings pitched, zero runs. Guy was playing like indie ball last year or something. I don't even remember. I, 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 I honestly, at this moment, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take to make the postseason. We got to find ways to steal wins over the next two weeks. This offense has been bad. It's been bad. It's been bad. But you know what? When one thing goes really bad, this team earlier this year, the reason they were so damn good is because someone else picked them up. Somebody stepped up. The, 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 the bullpen, I'm not forgetting about him. The bullpen, unbelievable. Kennedy, unbelievable. Kennedy, second start. Second start. Two starts, both unbelievable. I know people wanted to make fun of, they wanted to make fun of the first start. Second start, unbelievable. Can you, can you imagine... A scenario when I tell you, starting tonight, that the Reds were going to score zero runs going into the ninth inning, and they were going to hit one home run in the ninth, that was it, one run, and they won the baseball game. You'd have looked at me crazy. I would have said we were crazy. It was never going to work. That's ridiculous. It felt like a Luke Weaver outing where you were going to have to score like nine runs to be in the game. No offense to Luke. Love Luke. But the offensive struggles, how worried are we? I, I CES, CES. Basically, just was a huge band-aid. Let's be honest with each other. Let's be honest. If we're if we if, if we're in the trust tree chat, if we're in the trust tree, we were all a little upset. If the Toronto Blue Jays win one to nothing, two to one in ten innings, this chat is toxic. You think I'm toxic? This chat would have been absolutely boiling toxicity. But no, that's why sports are great. You can't make it up. CES comes in, hits a hanging breaking ball. Might have been sitting on the breaking ball because he let that fastball go right down the, and maybe not down the middle, to be fair to CES. It was a good pitch. But, you know, here's the thing. I said earlier today, I really do mean this. If this Reds team can just find a way to go 500 over the next week and a half, two weeks, two weeks, they're going to be in the postseason. They're going to be in the postseason. Now, it doesn't mean that the, the, the that obviously the end of September – and midway through September to the end of September, I should say, it, it, I get that you might say it's a cakewalk. That, that's a fair statement to make. However, the only, the only thing I would say to that is that they got swept by the Nationals a few weeks ago or a week ago, whatever, whatever it's been now. And you can't, it's Major League Baseball, you got to play. And most of the time, whether you win or you lose, it comes down to how well you're playing, not who you're playing. Sometimes, obviously, who you're playing matters. But, but, but again, there's really, in my opinion, four or five teams in the league that you don't want to play because you think that they're just really, really good. And you could pick out those teams just by going looking at the standings. But the beautiful thing is, is like I said before, if this team can find a way to just to get a little bit of spark back, a little hot, 
they're going to find a way to be in the postseason. At that point, I've said before, the postseason is ridiculous. You play 162 games to get a chance to play best of three, best of five, best of seven series. Best of seven is a little more realistic, but still, you can get hot and accidentally, as a team that's not as good as somebody else, get hot enough to be able to make a deep run in the postseason. So you just got to get there. You just got to give yourself a chance. And as Nick said many, many times before, when it comes to postseason play for the Cincinnati Reds, the reason they have an, have an abysmal record the reason that we haven't advanced we've been the longest franchise uh it's been in 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 mlb history right now and i say history is in we're the last team to to advance in the postseason um the reason for that is is that they've not had chances to do that they've only had a handful of chances you give yourself more times you give yourself more at bats you're probably bound to get a hit there's a joke in there there's a joke in there somewhere Go ask, go ask somebody that doesn't get hits a lot. I'm not going to be mean to our teammates, but I just thought about it. I always thought about being mean to one of our guys, but I didn't. Shout out to me. All right. I got to be honest with you, chat. When you do a show like this and you watch a baseball game like that, what do you, what do you really say outside of the fact that this offense has just not got it done? And then on top of that, there's just been a couple situations. I'll bring up a situation. There's been a couple times this year where you could argue that this offense has had uh, a really, really poor performance. In the past week, actually, they've had a couple poor performances. In fact, the last time they got shut out, Spencer Steer came to the plate in some big moments. Some really big moments. And at some point, Spencer Steer is going to break through in these moments, right? Um, tonight came up. Two times he's come up with first and second. Grounded out tonight. The other night was the situation where he flew out to right. Ellie got doubled up. But here soon... These, these shutouts or one-run games, Steer drives the ball in the gap. It's a whole new, it's a whole new game. It's a whole new game. Guys, got, you got second and third, or not just second and third. You might have scored two runs and had a guy with a, uh, with a bases-clearing double with the fact that Ellie De La Cruz is on base. Um, so, Steer, Steer is a great player. And I know that, that, that his name probably isn't always going to get called up in these situations, but the last two shutouts that we've had going here, he's come up in some big spots, and unfortunately, you know, he didn't drive him in. He didn't have a bad at-bat, to be fair to Spencer. But that's going to turn itself around. Spencer Steer is a great baseball player, and uh, he, he's going he's gonna to come up in a big spot here soon again and, and make a play. So everybody on this team has, has contributed in some form or fashion. Will Benson was a little disappointing, obviously, early in the game, but I don't know how much we make of that. I've seen that coming a mile away. I, I, as soon as i seen that pop up and he just wasn't running at all because I don't know what he thought. I think I know what he thought. He just thought that he couldn't run to the bag because he was going to lap um, whoever was on first. Was it Stevenson on first? I don't even remember at this point, but you just got to know better. Uh, whether that would have mattered or not, I don't know. All right, let's get into the J-Bar. We will go into the offensive struggles. Is this, is this overreaction? Are we overreacting right now by saying, oh my gosh, or is this, is this one of those things where we have a real problem? And when I say overreact, over a over 162-game stretch, you're going to have periods where the offense struggles, right? You're going to have low points and high points no matter how good of a baseball team you are. Maybe you could say the Braves or maybe one of the few teams where they probably haven't had too many, too many low points or this, at least this long of a low point. But a team like the Reds, with as many rookies as they have and as many young guys as they have, it's impossible for them not to struggle at some point. Impossible. Impossible. Um, so so I'm, not over, I'm not trying to overreact here, um, but I do think we have a problem. 
And as much as I got on Jonathan India earlier this year, um, not pulling his weight, and he wasn't, okay? He wasn't. He wasn't pulling his weight. But Jake Fraley's been a concern. These guys are still not back in the lineup. This lineup is paper thin. And, again, I think what proves that more than anything right right now uh, is that when Joey Votto had an opportunity to get pinch hit for earlier in the game, they didn't pinch hit for him. Now, you could say it was too early to pinch hit for Joey, but still, that was a lefty-on-lefty situation where you have you've struggled to score some runs. It felt like it was a pitcher's duel. You had a chance to bring in somebody that probably was going to put the ball in play and maybe get a hit. Now, Joey did put the ball in play, to be fair to him. But Joey's lefty-on-lefty splits have been really, really bad. And I thought that was a spot where David Bell could have possibly, again, pinch hit. But I think the reason he's not pinch hitting that early in the game is because there's just not enough guys on the bench. You wanted to wait. You, you didn't want to You didn't want to shoot all of your shots too early. And that's part of it. That's part of it. Uh, Mr. Moe said Brett Kennedy over Luke Weaver. Well, no doubt. I mean, yeah, I think that's obvious after the fact. I think that's obvious after the fact. And you know what about Brett Kennedy, too? He's been thrown in some tough spots. It's not like this guy's had a chance to settle down and get an opportunity to throw a couple a couple games in a row or anything like that. They, 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 they threw him out there uh, against the Nationals. I thought he did a pretty admirable job, although some weren't very pleased based off the statistics. When, they look, when you look at the slash line, and slash line, I just should say the pitching line, when you look at the pitching line, I, maybe you don't think it's great, but still, if you watch the game and you've seen how it went, Kennedy's been amazing. Tonight, unbelievable, really. And I, and I, and I know people are going to be like, oh, unbelievable, five innings, no runs, big whoop. Dude, the guy's throwing like indie ball last year. Like, if, if we're going to sit here, like, I at least want to take it. Shouldn't you use, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but shouldn't you use a little bit of rationale behind what you say someone's been good or bad based off of who they are? I mean, that seems realistic. If, if, if some seven-year-old went out there and started playing in a high school baseball game, and 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 he and he and he walked once, or he or he put the ball in play twice. I think he'd be like, "Damn, that's a pretty impressive seven year old put the ball in play against high school kids." That's kind of and I know this sounds a little disrespectful to, to Kennedy, but that's kind of how I look at Kennedy sometimes. Like, hey, listen, if this guy can go out throw five or six innings and not give up more than two or three runs, by God, I'll take it. I'll take it. Five innings, three runs, we'll survive another day. We'll keep it moving. Big Red Machine said Kennedy's four-seamer has a .098. That's .098 hit rate. .098. Less than 100. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Here's the thing. I said this, I said this a while back. I think the bullpen is legitimately the best thing about this team. It's the, it's the, it's the strongest point. It's the strongest, it's the strongest asset this team has. Point blank. I'm sick and tired of saying it. But you know what? They the I hear guys saying, oh, Ian Jabot, oh, uh, Cruz, oh, who, who are you going to rely on? And the Derek Law, these guys, Ollie, Buck Farmer, he's been this, that, and the other. I mean, I get what you're saying because they, they might not be household names. I get what you're saying because you might sit here and tell me that those guys aren't, quote, elite. Outside of Diaz, maybe you might have a point, but... Hell, I mean, you are who you are. If you get guys out, you get guys out. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it all blows up. But I'm sitting here and I've been waiting for it to blow up for two and a half, three months. It's the same conversation I had with Nick Kirby the other night about the Padres. At some point, you are who your record says you are. You are who you are. This isn't like you play five, six months of baseball. What we played? April, May, June, July. August, we're five and a half months of baseball in here. I think you might just be who you are. The Padres blow 500. 
buyers at the deadline. All I hear about is, well, they're just not playing well. They're, they're not they're not who they are. They're, 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 they'll make their money. Yeah, and it's like, if you want to use Sportsbooks, shout out Bedfred Sportsbooks, if you want to use Bedfred Sportsbook as your saving grace of sitting here telling me what's true and not true, I'll sit here and tell you, it took, how long did it take for the Cardinals not to be the favorite to win the NL Central? It took legitimately like two months. Now, does water find its level usually? It usually does. But sometimes you have anomalies where some guys just have unbelievable seasons. And maybe that's not what you normally get on the back of the baseball card. But by golly, one year, you might just get that. And this bullpen, until they, until they prove me completely wrong about who they are, I'm going to sit here and keep telling you, they're elite. They're elite. They get the ball, they get outs. They get the ball, they get outs. I if if you want to take if you want to kill me for saying it, and you guys want to make fun of me for saying that, then that's fine. I'll live with it. But this offense, not clearly, obviously, right now. But even back in the day, I don't think it's the best asset this team has because it's hot or cold. There's no consistency. It reminds me of what what un- unfortunately was painful in the past. We don't want you to go down memory road here and, and get our hearts torn out, but you know what I'm talking about. You've seen Reds teams that look great one day and then they don't look great the next day, and by one day I mean a week and then two weeks. That's, 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 that's tough to watch, but that's what this offense has been. That's what they're being right now. And again, we've said it until we're blue in the face on this show. Don't allow the Reds to hang around. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. If you allow the Reds to hang around for 30 more days, hell, not even 30, 20 more days, you let them hang around. If the Reds are within one game of any playoff position in the next 20 games, I'm telling you right now, book it. Book it. Postseason. Uh, You want to talk about the fact that the Cincinnati Reds just stole a baseball game from the Toronto Blue Jays? We can. Because... Remember when we talked at length about 60, you know, you've heard this stupid phrase, but it's true. Is it stupid if it's true? I don't know if it's stupid if it's true. It's 50, 50, and 62, right? 62 games that matter. This was a 62-gamer. This was a 62-gamer. And it feels like the Reds have played a lot of those 62-gamers, but, you know, hey, let's not remind ourselves... But I'm going to tell you, we played two in Chicago that we were all really upset and pissed about. But guess what? That was two of the 50. Tonight was two of the 62. I, 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 wish, I wish I could sit here and give you as much, as much you know, beautiful wisdom as there is. But this offense has to figure it out. If they don't, we're in trouble. I've already talked about kudos to Kennedy, but seriously. Just, I, I guess I got, a, I, got a, I got a question for the chat. He gets another start, right? He's starting. Does he start? He starts again. He has to. I mean, I know, I know. Green's coming back. Am I crazy? Somebody tell me if I'm wrong. This is where I need Nick Kirby in my life. I he has to start again. He has to start again. How do you tell him he doesn't start again? The dude, the dude, the dude's thrown two games now. This isn't just one. He's thrown two games now, and he's looked pretty damn good in both of them. He's looked pretty damn good in both of them. I'm putting it up as a poll question. We'll see. He has to throw again. I mean, I, how do you not let him throw when he when he's done what he's done? Not just once, but twice. And this team needs one more guy right now. I know Green's coming back. Shout out Hunter Green. Hopefully throws a gym. Uh, we need him to throw a gym. I heard the other day someone say that this whole weekend was just about Hunter Green. Oh, come on, man. You got playoff baseball. 
This this, this is this is a pennant race we're in. This is a, the, the, every game matters. This isn't just like oh one like this isn't we're, the, the, long gone, and it's a great thing. Doesn't mean we need to forecast or sit here and act like this isn't a great season if things don't go our way. But let's not sit here and fool ourselves. This is a pennant race. This is a pennant race. Okay, let's for just a second. Put away what all the rookies have done. Put away what everyone else has done. Sit here and act like, oh, they shouldn't be here. Let's just happy-go-lucky. Hey, let's enjoy this for what it is. We haven't gotten this feeling. We haven't gotten this specific feeling in a long time. We're scoreboard watching. We're scoreboard watching. We're watching the game every single night knowing that if they win, they're legitimately right at the doorstep of the playoffs. They're, They're right there. If you were running... If you were running the Flying Pig Marathon, I'm pretty sure I've never done it. I don't know why you'd want to, but just let's just say you did. 26.2 miles. If, if we were doing that, we right now are on the hardest part of the course on mile 24 and a half. That's where we're at. This next two weeks, think about this for just a second. If you didn't watch baseball at all all year long, and somebody told you there's going to be there's going to be meaningful baseball played pretty much all year long what's the best two and a half weeks of the, of the season that I should watch you're picking this two and a half weeks that's what you should pick that's how I, I got to reiterate that that's how important these calls are and by calls, I mean games. Uh, shout out Alexis Diaz, too. Uh, remember when I started that inning off and I said, I, I said that, uh, shout out Reds Daily, said, said that his stats are relatively identical when he comes into close situations and he doesn't come into some other close situations. His stats are almost identical. And I said, it doesn't feel like that at all. I, threw, I, I watched two pitches. He threw two balls. Um he threw two balls that were that were basically uh, a mile outside, and I thought the wheels were coming off. A little premature uh, uh, assumption on my end, but he 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 was nails after that. He had to strike one guy out on four pitches, so shout out to that guy, and also shout out to Apple TV and the umpire. If you get a chance, I'm being honest right now. Uh, if you get a chance, one thing that I heard and I noticed during that broadcast, I think Apple TV lets you go and rewind it. So if you have Apple TV, you can go back and rewind it. In all seriousness. This is how umpiring is. If you go to the specific spot where Biggio strikes out and he asks the umpire the question, are you sure that was a strike? The umpire responded, and I'm paraphrasing now for you, but the umpire responding in some capacity of saying, I think the first one might have been a strike. It was very close. I know that one was a strike. In retrospect, I think the umpire knew that he missed the call. Which is which is which is part of the reason that stinks about umpiring because if I've done it, I've done it. I know it sounds goofy, but the way that's like society is when it comes to umpiring, you can't change your call after you made the call. I'm telling you, if that was the norm, if umpires were allowed to be like, you know what, I made an instant reaction right there that I that I immediately regret, I'm gonna change my call to the correct one. I bet you would see more and more umpires doing that and getting the call actually right. But the problem is, is that you just can't do that. That's not the way it goes. That's not the way it goes. McLean, two of the four hits. Matt McLean's a stud. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Matt McLean really fast. We'll talk about CES. 
Uh, I have some, I'll share some thoughts on CES. Matt McLean is, 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 I don't think it's an arguable at this point. I don't, I don't think, I, I genuinely think maybe, maybe you could say I'm overreacting. I don't think I am. I think he's the best player on this team. I think he is. Um, I don't think if it's, I, don't, I really don't even know if it's close. I think it's one of those things where if you told me right now, who would I have to take? You ready for this bombshell? You ready for this bombshell? I think they're both going to be great. I think Ellie, uh, the, the, the world, the, the, basically the world, is, it could be Ellie's. It's all in the ball of his hand if everything goes right. But if you told me right now I could only pick one or the other, Ellie or Matt McClain, and I don't mean to do that. I don't like doing that. I'm not trying to pin our guys up against each other or anything stupid like that. I'm just taking Matt McClain, man. I'm taking Matt McClain. I, I, I think Ellie's, I think Ellie's uh, his ceiling is way higher than Matt's. Yes, I get it. I get it. I'm not, I'm not naive to that. When I watch Ellie play, there's times where I'm just like, dude, that dude's not human. I mean, he makes that play look so easy, it's not even, and that's not even easy at all. But there's just something about Matt McClain that I just couldn't, I, I just... Maybe it's just the fact that he's short, gritty. He's just a grinded-out type of guy. Hard-nosed player. I don't know. I'm glad they're both on our team, though. Isn't that kind of fun? Isn't that funny? You want to you you bask in the appreciation of that for a minute? We get to watch Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McLean play the middle infield for, for, for years to come. For years to come. Barring some kind of ridiculous injury or something stupid like that, those guys are those guys are just unbelievable up the middle. I hope I hope if anything in this show you've come to appreciate what kind of uh, what kind of middle infield you have and what kind of player Matt McLean can be at second base and why and why we've had the discussions about India is less about it. You know what it should have always been, and I regret this a little bit. It should have always been about Matt McLean and not about India. Should have always been about Matt McLean. Should have always been about him. And I know for a minute everybody got everybody got fooled, and when I say fooled, maybe that's the wrong word to use. I think everybody got into themselves where maybe they thought Matt McLean should be the shortstop because he looks so damn good there. But unfortunately for Matt McLean, he might be able to play shortstop just as good as Ellie. But the but the but the unfortunate thing, if you want to call it that, is that when you you know I'll use a great analogy right after this. I think is that Matt McLean can play second base so well too that he just gets there. You know those guys, and maybe you're maybe you're one of those guys. I certainly felt this, not bragging, but I certainly felt this when I first got into corporate America. If you if you work at a company and you show competence in a multitude of areas and you're really good at your job and you're able to you're able to multitask and do a multitude of things across the spectrum that, that that other guys can't do, what happens? What happens? You usually get the job that's the most difficult and or the 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 the, the one that uh, the others can't do. They put you at the job that the others can't do. Instead of putting you at the job that might you might be best at, I'm not saying that's what's happening 100% to Matt McLean, but I said I definitely somewhat feel that. I definitely somewhat feel that. Um, I think Steve said Steve saying he likes Elliot third. I understand that, but you got Marte coming up right behind, man. And Marte might not pan out, but listen, Ellie De La Cruz also an unbelievable shortstop. <laughs> I mean, I mean he's an unbelievable shortstop too. So, I mean. I know this was supposed to be about CES. We'll talk about him now. Um, you know, Nick Kirby said the other day that there's some guys that are going to get hot on this team because they're too good of baseball players not to. They're too good of players to not start to, to turn the corner. CES, let's be honest. He's not shown the power that we all expected him to have. He's actually played probably above 
from an average standpoint, from putting the ball in play, from getting on base standpoint, he's played above what I even thought he might do when he first came up. But the difference is, is the power hasn't been there as a whole. When I say the power hasn't been there, I mean he's just not hitting the ball over the fence, let alone to, for, for, you know, I guess, let alone doing what, what he's capable of doing, even remotely close to what I think he can do there. All right, let's get you caught up on all the Reds minor league action from Friday night, and there was a lot of it. Louisville Bats, they won 5-4 over Iowa. Bats now 62-54 and on the season. Ben Lively got the start for the Bats. Uh, Lively, five innings pitched, four hits, four earned runs, just one walk, six strikeouts, but did allow two home runs. One of those home runs was the Cubs' prize prospect, Matt Mervis. So interesting. Reds, it seems like they probably lined Lively up to start today. So he could potentially take over in Brett Kennedy's spot. But with Kennedy pitching so well on Friday Friday night, does that mean Kennedy gets another start? Lively stays in AAA? Or do they bring them both up? It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because Brett Kennedy might have thrown a wrench into the whole operation. Uh, also, Noel V. Marte, he was one for four, did steal a base. He's got eight stolen bases now at AAA. Jose Barrero was one for four with a double. Kirk Asali, one for three with a double as he's on his rehab assignment. Uh, Nick Senzel did not play, probably just a day off. He was in the lineup both on Wednesday and Thursday. TJ Antone continuing his rehab, one inning pitch, two hits, no runs, but no strikeouts, but no walks. Daniel Duarte just continues to have an incredible year at with the Reds at AAA, wherever he's pitched. He pitched a perfect inning with one strikeout. Jason Sharif uh, retired the only batter he faced in his debut in the Reds organization, we talked about how the Reds uh, picked him up on a minor league contract uh, a couple days ago. And then Ricky Karcher, he pitched a perfect inning with two strikeouts. And don't look now, but Ricky Karcher in August, uh, four innings pitched, no runs, only allowed one hit, two walks, and six strikeouts. Down to double A, the Chattanooga Lookouts won 18-1 to over Birmingham. Reese Hines was two for five with a walk. Blake Dunn was on base five times. He hit his 17th home run of the season uh, between uh, Dayton and Chattanooga. Stole his 44th base. And I got a message from our guy, Elijah Evans, who I had on the podcast on Friday, who said, quote, Blake Dunn just hit one of the most destroyed baseballs I've seen in a while. Uh, other players, as there was a lot of great offensive performances for the Lookouts, a couple guys that uh, have been on some Reds prospect rankings that have kind of fallen down of late. Jose Torres had a really good night, three for five, hit his fifth home run of the year, also stole his eighth base, and then Yvonne Johnson was three for five, he stole his 17th base. Uh, the Dayton Dragons, they lost 3-2 to Fort Wayne. Um, Jose Acuna, really good start, five innings pitched, three. Uh, Three earned runs, no walks though, seven strikeouts. Offense really struggled though. Edwin Arroyo was 0 for 4. Sal Stewart was 1 for 4. Uh, Carlos Jorge was 1 for 4. And then low A, the Daytona Tortugas, they lost 11 8 to Tampa. Cam Collier was 1 for 3. Hector Rodriguez, 2 for 5 with a double. Victor Costa, really rough night, 0 for 6. Uh, Logan Tanner, 1 for 3 with a triple, and he also walked twice. All right, now to Saturday's Reds game, 640, back on Bally Sports, Ohio. 
and it'll be Chris Bassett against Brandon Williamson. Chris Bassett for the Blue Jays, 11-6 on the season with a 3.95 ERA. In his last start, he gave up four runs over six innings pitched against the Cubs. He's got a career 1.72 ERA in two starts against the Reds through eight shutout innings against the Reds last season. And then Brandon Williamson, he has been just fantastic of late. A 2.98 ERA since July 1st. That is over eight starts. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for Chatterbox Reds. As I continue to ask, if you could just do one quick favor, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Can't tell you how much that helps us out. So just take two seconds, leave us a quick, kind five-star review, and we would greatly appreciate it. Also, want to make sure you're aware, if you are a Bengals fan, Chatterbox Bengals premiered last night on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. So be sure to check that out as they will be doing a show very similar to Chatterbox Reds after every preseason and every regular season game. Well, I hope that you have a fantastic Saturday. We'll see you around 9 p.m. in the ninth inning for Reds Blue Jays on Chatterbox Reds live on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Of course, make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports. Hit that bell in the top right corner. Turn on notifications so you don't ever miss when we go live. But if you do happen to miss that, the podcast version will be in your feed early Sunday morning as it is after every Reds game. Go Reds. Go Reds.